Happy Pride, everyone. This is JP. This month is also our two-year anniversary of This Queer Book Saved My Life, and we have put together a whole slew of programs and events just for you. We kicked it off on May 28th with our episode with Kim Hines discussing that James Baldwin classic, The Fire Next Time. On June 4th, I sit down with two of the country's leading LGBTQ book band researchers to discuss where we're at on book bands and what we can do to undo them. On June 11th, my guest Saray De Silva joins us all the way from New Zealand to talk about the book Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl by Andrea Lawler. And, exciting, Andrea joins us for that episode. On June 18th, I will be at Oxford University talking about the Queer Armenian Library. And we thought, since our anniversary is June 21st, why not do a live stream from Oxford? So stay tuned. We'll be putting that link on our social media, on our website, and in our show notes. On June 22nd, I will be moderating an author conversation and reading with Anahit Cass and Jacob Budenz talking about queer speculations and using fiction to imagine new queer futures. You'll remember Jacob from our recent episode of This Queer Book Saved My Life. Plus, special guest Brent Love will be reading from his new memoir, Leap, that drops this month. And this is a live virtual event, so we will post the links in the show notes on our website and on our social media. On June 25th, my guest will be David Simonello, and we'll be talking about the book that saved his life, More Tales of the City by Armistead Maupin. Fun fact, David was an actor, and he played Gino, the barber, in that infamous Seinfeld episode, The Haircut. Finally, on June 29th, I will be broadcasting live at 2 p.m. from Twin Cities Pride in Minnesota. You can join us in the AM 950 radio tent or listen to us live on your favorite radio app or on am950radio.com. A little bit of something for everyone, both every Tuesday as well as live and in-person events. Thank you, everyone, for two amazing years of this podcast. If you want to give us a gift, you can share the show with a friend, tag us on social media, and or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, happy Pride, everyone. You deserve it. Hey, friends. In our off weeks from This Queer Book Save My Life, we are going to air episodes of The Gailey Show, which is a new show that I host for AM950 in Minnesota, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And on the show, we celebrate LGBTQ culture and entertainment based in Minnesota, but also with LGBTQ entertainment headlines from the U.S. and beyond. So here is a new episode of The Gailey Show. Welcome to The Gailey Show, where we celebrate LGBTQ culture and entertainment both in Minnesota and beyond. I'm your host, J.P. Darabagosian. One Voice Mixed Chorus in Minneapolis welcomes a new artistic director, and they have an upcoming concert this season. I spoke with Kimberly Waigwa all about it. Well, Kimberly Waigwa, welcome to The Gailey Show. Would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Kimberly Waigwa. I go by my last name, Waigwa, and I am, uh, as of six months ago, <laughs> the new artistic director of One Voice Mixed Chorus here in the Twin Cities. Congratulations. Welcome to the Twin City. Is this your first time uh, be living in, in Minnesota? Yeah, I've never, I didn't even know what the Midwest was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so East Coast or West Coast? Uh, I'm from the Southwest, but I came oh. from the East Coast from grad school. Great. So tell us a little bit about your role. 
Yeah, so I'm artistic director. So I do everything that is involved with the course as well as any artistic decisions. So programming um, and then kind of establishing the culture and the direction that the organization is going to be moving. I do that in conjunction with Mitch Fanton, who is our executive director. So tell us a little bit about that vision that you have for the upcoming chorus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's kind of awesome to be coming into an organization that's so well established. Not a ton of gala choruses get this sort of longevity, at least not at the current size that our organization is, and certainly not mixed choruses. Um, They tend to be women's choruses, men's choruses, and that kind of thing. Um, But it's nice to come in after Jane Ramsay or Miller and kind of have this 27-year legacy, this foundational foundation that we can can build upon. Um, And so I've always been interested in issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let's get rid of that. (laughs) And so that was primary interest in getting into gala choruses, not only helping be a better advocate for queer folks, but also people of color, um, which is not something that the gala world tends to dip into as much as I think uh, we should. Uh, And so my goal with the chorus is just to continue on that path of advocating for ourselves as queer people and then also beginning to integrate and become more connected with the Twin Cities community because choirs don't feed people and choirs don't often house people, provide them shelter. So I would like to sort of move in a direction that allows us to both do what we are here to do, which is to sing, but to do that with an awareness of what we can contribute more deeply to the Twin Cities. That's fantastic. And I'm curious, so what is coming up next for One Voice? So One Voice has uh, my premiere show coming up, which is going to be January 20th and 21st at the Cole Center, a program called Dark Night Star Bright. Oh, and what is in the program? Can you uh, share? Yeah, preview? absolutely. There's a whole bunch of stuff in this program. We have, uh, it's kind of mildly based on the idea of the stars and the things that we know and cannot know, the ways that oh. our actions impact others, both in the ways that we intend and the ways that we can't ever know that they have done so. Um, sort of like related to queer representation, like the people that you touch and the minds that you change, you, you'll never know really apart from people who might reach out to you. And it's also um, a show that's centered around change because I've, I've moved here from the East Coast not not thinking that I was moving anywhere. I had no intention. I was going to be in a doctoral program <laughs> and continue on in academia. And One Voice has had Jane for 27 years. So it's just a lot of change for all of us. And so it's how do we lean on each other and going through change and the ways that change affects us and what, what the role of community is in change. That's wonderful. Is there a particular piece that you're really excited about in the program? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. That's fine. (laughs) There is a piece called Fashuha, which Mm -hmm. is Taiwanese. Um, So there's a history of um, Hakka people in China. And so they are originated on the Chinese mainland, but then eventually a group of these Hakka people moved to Taiwan. And with the, like, with Mandarin becoming the predominant language in China, there's just a lot of Hakka culture that has been lost and a lot of people who don't speak the Hakka dialect of Taiwanese or the Hakka dialect of Chinese in Taiwan. 
And it's a sort of very beautiful texture. It's about nostalgia, about this old shop that this man had. He used to make these garments that were like the height of Hakka society. That's that's what they represented, like the strength of the culture. And so it's this man who's like shop, doesn't have a lot of business. And it sits there in this town that, that doesn't necessarily exist in the ways that it did anymore. And I think it's it's kind of like the pinnacle of, of what nostalgia does to us. Like we love the past and it kind of takes away the, the present from us a little bit. And so mm-hmm. that kind of, for me, is the pinnacle of the show and how and how we process change and so after everything after that is 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 how we get out of that and how we look forward to the the future while honoring the past well that is wonderful we are thrilled to have you here in the twin cities how do people get tickets for the show so you can either go to our website, which is onevoicemn.org, and there'll be a link right on our homepage. You can click that banner. It'll take you through uh, to the Cole Center. Or you can go to the Cole Center website directly and buy our tickets from there. Perfect. Waigua, thank you so much for being on The Gailey Show, and come back anytime. Yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> For tickets and to learn more information about Dark Knight, Star Bright, go to their website, onevoicemn.org. Theater Latte Da has also welcomed a new artistic director, and I sat down with him to talk about his new role and upcoming show, Stones in His Pocket. Well, Justin Lucero, welcome to The Gailey Show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm just about to make it to the three-month mark in the Twin Cities. I moved to Minneapolis by way of Pittsburgh, but I'm from El Paso, Texas. For the last four years, I was a tenure-track professor of directing at Carnegie Mellon University. But I've also, for the last six seasons, been the artistic director of El Paso Opera. And so I was not really shopping around. I thought that those two gigs would be my forever gigs. Um, but when I saw that a mentor of mine had retired, his name is Michael Donald Edwards. He was the artistic director of Oslo Repertory Theater in Sarasota, Florida. They named his replacement Peter Rothstein. And so I thought, who's going to replace the replacement? I looked it up and I saw the job description and thought, well, I that is a place that I would love to be a part of. And I, I applied and long story short, here I am. Well, welcome to the Twin Cities via Pittsburgh. So you should be somewhat prepared for the non-winter, I guess, that we're having right now. Yeah, I think so. I think I brought the warmth. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but no, yeah. <laughs> Most of my time in Pittsburgh during the winter, I actually wasn't in Pittsburgh. I was traveling or doing work in El Paso. So uh, even at the height of the winter, I never really experienced it. So I find this very exotic, all the the beautiful snow. (laughs) And I see here in my notes that you've helped select Tony Award winners. Tell me about that. Yeah. So Carnegie Mellon University, the School of Drama is the first ever degree granting institution in theater in the country. Mm -hmm. And so... um, uh, after a while, they determined that they'd like to be a part of the conversation for honoring teachers. And so we developed a special Tony Award for educators. And uh, last year, I was asked to be a part of the selection panel. And so I worked with the Broadway League and the American Theater Wing. And we had a bunch of applicants of really stellar, amazing theater educators, high school teachers primarily. Um, and we got to select and invite um, a winner. And because I was a part of the the team, I was able to be on the red carpet at the Tonys and be a special oh, guest. Wow. 
in the orchestra seats there at the Tonys. It was my second year at the Tony Awards as a member of the CMU delegation. Yeah. Amazing. And does this get to be an ongoing gig or do they have to like rotate judges? They have to rotate judges. Uh, some, some stay a little longer. They have a, a few more people that stay on a couple times. But um, now that I'm no longer on faculty at Carnegie Mellon, I suppose I, I'm giving that up. Oh, oh. Well, hopefully they'll make an exception for you. I think uh, so. Because I see on here that you were also a member of the 2023 Opera American Leadership Cohort. Tell me more about that, too. Yeah, so um, I never really thought opera would be an expression of mine, but um, in El Paso, it was the uh, largest professional performing arts organization in our region. So of course I gravitated toward there and I have a background in music. So, and foreign language actually. Um, so the opera thing actually turned out uh, to be a great fit for me, but on the artistic leadership and administration side, um, I decided to tap into the resources of opera America, which offers some training and development for people that they pinpoint as the next generation of opera leaders. Um, and so I was selected. And uh, this summer, I had a 10-day intensive in New York City with Opera America at their National Opera Center. Um, and all year long, wow. I'll be convening with a cohort of international opera artistic administrators, uh, learning what it's like to steer the industry forward. What is that like? It's fabulous to see everyone in their pockets of the industry. We have some people um, in Europe, some people in Canada, some people in Latin America, of course, all across America. And some of us have expertise on the artistic side, but some of us have expertise in public relations, marketing, casting, um, new opera development, fundraising. So we get to learn from each other about all of the things that it takes to be a well-rounded artistic administrator. Well, that's fabulous. Congratulations. And coming back towards the Twin Cities, you all have a new show coming out, Stones in His Pockets. Share with us about that show. Yeah, uh, Stones in His Pockets is one of the... Um, I, I inherited this season. I did not choose this season. Uh, but for people who may not know, Theater Latte Dot is a music theater company. Uh, we primarily produce musical theater, musicals, uh, things from Broadway, etc. Um, but we also sometimes dabble in opera and plays with music. Stones in His Pockets is a play. It's an Olivier award-winning play. And to make it work with our company that does music theater, we've actually... Um, engaged with a composer, Jason Hansen, who will write original music that will perform oh, wow. live while the play is being performed. It's a, oh, wow. it's a two-hander play um, with uh, uh, these two actors playing more than 15 characters. So they switch in and out of accents. It's set in Ireland. It's hysterical, but it's also really poignant. It's a dark comedy. Um, and I really encourage people who want to see something really hyper-theatrical to check it out. Absolutely. Where can we go to get tickets? latteda.org. Um, we'll have all the information. You can either do it online or call our box office. Um, it's directed by a local director, Marcela Lorca, who's the artistic director of 10,000 Things. She's amazing. Um, uh, Tom Reed and Reed Sigmund, the two actors playing all the roles, are also main stage, uh, mainstays of the theater scene in the Twin Cities. And I'm having a blast seeing that team of four people just... Uh, prepare an amazing astonishing whirlwind of a show 
That's fabulous. I can't wait. Can't wait. Everyone, you need to buy tickets and go see that. Also, I see that y'all have the color purple coming up here. So I guess first question, have you seen the recent film? I did. Actually, I took a Is it good? I haven't seen it yet. It is quite astonishing. Fantasia Barino as uh, as Celie is amazing. I knew she's an amazing performer, but um, I did not know how it would translate on film, uh, what she does, and it was great. But I took a group of staff and board members just a few nights ago to go see it as an outing so that we could... um, support a black film but also learn what the plot and the music is like so that we can help market our show because we're going to be performing it live this spring in a co-production with us and a theater company called jiva theater in rochester new york we'll be performing it for several weeks here and then loading everything up taking the sets costumes and cast over to new york and they'll do another multi-week run over there it'll be quite exciting Wow. Well, hopefully it gets lots of Oscars so that can like build in and lead into your production. It should. The, the production values of all the technical side of things, the costumes and the makeup and the locations are vibrant and colorful and, and really match with the energy of the score. It's a brilliant score. Uh, music and lyrics by Brenda, Ru- Brenda Russell, um, Ali Willis, and Stephen Bray. Uh, the book by Marsha Norman. It's uh, If you know the novel by Alice Walker and maybe the film by Steven Spielberg, um, you may not be prepared by how well it translates to being a musical. Interesting. Well, I can't, I can't believe I haven't seen it yet, but it's definitely on the to-do list. So, well, that's our time for today. Justin, thank you so much. Please be a welcome often guest on The Gailey Show. Absolutely. Anytime. And I look forward to seeing you over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You'll be seeing us. All right. <laughs> thank you, Justin. For tickets and more information about Stones in His Pocket and all things theater La Teda, go to lateda.org. That's L-A-T-T-E-D-A dot org. And before we go today, I wanted to let you know that True Detective Season 4 debuts on HBO Max this weekend. It stars Jodie Foster, who is coming off of her superb role in Nyad. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, please do. This season of True Detective already has a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is set in the fictional town of Ennis, Alaska, and follows the investigation behind the disappearance of eight men from a research station. Also starring is out actress, the always intriguing queen, Fiona Shaw. From the trailer, I think we have a sapphic love story on our hands going on between our two lead detectives, played by Jodie Foster and Callie Rice, but we'll have to watch to see January 14th, HBO Max. Well... That's our show. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. Our podcasts are executive produced by Jim Pounds. Creative and accounting support provided by Gordy Erickson. Production, distribu- distribution, rather, and marketing support provided by Brett Johnson, Chad Larson, Laura Hedlund, and Jennifer Ogren from AM950. You can find us on social media. Search for This Queer Book, Save My Life on Facebook. We're also This Queer Book on Instagram. For The Gailey Show, you can check out AM950's YouTube channel. We've also set up a YouTube channel specifically for The Gailey Show. Check that out. You can also visit AM950's Facebook page. As always, you can connect with us through our website, thisqueerbook.com. 
gaylyshow.com. And if you have LGBTQ entertainment news with a Minnesota angle, email gaylyshow at thisqueerbook.com. That's G-A-I-L-Y show at thisqueerbook.com. And until our next episode, see you queers and allies in the bookstores. 